Good morning, family. All is well, except we're all cold. He, uh, he hopped in the car, well and truly primed by alcohol and uh, drugs. He hopped in the car and uh, sped off at 80 k's. And as he was going along, he uh, mounted the curb, took out a bus shelter with three little children waiting for school. Two years later, as the uh, judge was about to hand out the uh, sentence, mum is heard in the area, weeping her heart out and crying. And she says, I hate you, I will never forgive you. Well, does she? Does she forgive? Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debt and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of the fellow servants who owned him a hundred denarii. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I'll pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed and went and told their master everything that had happened. When the master called the servant in, you wicked servant, he said, I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brothers from your heart. I hate you. I'll never forgive you. The hardest thing to do. Parable of the unforgiving servant that I've just read to you. Why use the parable form? Well, Jesus uses the parable form so that those who are in the kingdom and have the power of the spirit in their hearts and their minds will be able to understand what he's saying. To those who are not part of the kingdom, some of his parables just don't make sense. They may have no characteristic at all that can be understood. In the parables, most of the parables start with the kingdom of God is like, the kingdom of heaven is like. And that simply refers to the nature of the, the place where we live. We live in the kingdom of God and this is what it's like. Who is the, uh, who is the king in this situation? Is Jesus serious about parables? Absolutely. There is teaching method to get through the secrets of the kingdom without those who are not part of the kingdom twigging to what's going on and therefore abusing what is happening in the kingdom. 
they're critical for Jesus' teaching process. The kingdom of heaven is like this parable. Who is uh, the king? The king is God. Who is the servant? The servant is me. The servant is you. That's what this kingdom is like. What is Jesus saying in this parable? <clears throat> if you give, forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you don't forgive men their sins, your heavenly Father will not forgive your sin. How can he forgive somebody who will not forgive? It's taken out of his hands. And we are not able to be forgiven. You know, the basis of our whole faith is predicated on forgiveness, isn't it? We come to the cross and we seek out what God has for us and everything we know, everything we own, everything we believe is based on forgiveness. How can we deny what we know as the foundation of our faith in our relationship with other people? But it's the hardest thing to do. Jesus said that, and Matthew 6, of course, is the Lord's Prayer. The only thing that Jesus picks up out of the Lord's Prayer and emphasises later on is the stuff about forgiveness. He says, this is how you should pray. And then underneath, he, he emphasises the point again about forgiveness. Why? Well, because it lies at the very heart of who he is and what he's done. Peter asks, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? Well, no. 77 actually means forever. Forever. Paul, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. There's the hint. Just as in Christ God forgave you. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. In Colossians, how can these speakers expect us to have the power to forgive? How can mum in the stand, having lost three of her beautiful children, be prepared to say to this wicked man who drove on drugs, I forgive you? Where does she get the strength to do that? How can we be expected to forgive? The characteristics of the kingdom you see are just like gravity. They just are. There's nothing we can do about them. We live within the parameters of what they are. The characteristics of the kingdom of God, the place where you and I live, are simply there as givens. And one of the givens is that you have come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And on the basis of that relationship with Jesus Christ, you've come into a relationship with the Father and you live forever in the kingdom of God. That is the given. When we live in the kingdom, to not live in tune with the reality of the kingdom is to live with the consequences. When we choose not to forgive, then we run the risk of not being forgiven. We run the risk of carrying in our backpack all of the pain and the hurt of the past and having that control every thought and every process and every action into the future. We live with the consequences of it. The Holy Spirit is the one who empowers us to live in tune with the characteristics of the kingdom. Can I emphasise that again? The Holy Spirit is not some kind of magical author up in the skies who does magical tricks on earth. The Holy Spirit is God. 
And he comes and lives in us, empowering our spirits to do the things that are the characteristic of the kingdom. (laughs) He is the kingdom guide. Do you have to have the capacity to forgive? I don't know what happened there. I'll try just to stand here like this. No, you don't. You and I don't have the capacity to forgive. The pain and the hurt go so deeply into our souls that we don't have the capacity to do what needs to be done. And it's the Spirit of God, and this is one of the rules of the kingdom. You need power to do the things that you need to do in the kingdom. You cannot do it on your own, but you can do it with the power of the Holy Spirit working in your life. It's one of the rules of the kingdom. Don't try and go it alone. Don't, don't try and do it yourself. Allow the Spirit of God to be in charge. You see, forgiveness frees a person to the option of living again. I've come through a dreadful period and I've either got to choose to stop and live my life on the controls and the basis of the past or I've got to be prepared to say, I will forgive you, I will leave behind the stuff that's been so painful and so hurtful and I will move on into a newness of life. Forgiveness creates the deepest awareness of sin. We can't change the facts, but forgiveness creates in us the deepest awareness. It's far easier to dismiss far easier to dismiss somebody it's far easier to ignore the sin are you supposed to hear this sermon this morning I don't know Uh, character change in the person sinned against us we've got to wait until somebody confesses and said oh I'm sorry deny forgiveness until repentance happens can we do that well no forgive to forgive is to receive, recognise reality and to name it appropriately. How? By somebody saying directly into somebody else's face, I forgive you. And it's not, oh, she'll be right, I forgive you. It's not that kind. It's the kind that says, my heart aches, I'm in full pain, but for my own reality, I need to let go what you've just done to me. Microphone. We better with this? Yeah. Turn me off for the other one. So forgiveness. Forgiveness costs the innocent one for she, he resolves the problem out of love. Who pays the price for forgiveness? Well, we do. The person who has sinned against us pays no price at all. Compare Jesus. He paid the price for your sin and for mine. And every breath we take is based on the notion of his forgiveness for us. And we remember the time when we came to believe in Jesus Christ. Many of us remember the time when we were baptised. We knew when we drew a line in the sand and we said, Lord Jesus, I follow you. I now am your servant and I am prepared to follow for eternity. Who initiated forgiveness in us? Jesus did. So we are acting out only of his forgiveness in us 
Jesus sets in place a lifestyle of operating out of the opposite. When somebody sins against me, my reaction is not to smack them in the face, to deal with what's happening and be prepared to say, my brother, my sister, my wife, my husband, my daughter, my son, I forgive you. I will not carry the burden of that into eternity. Who does unforgiveness control? You know the answer to that, don't you? I want to say to you, forgiveness is important for our health's sake. It has to do with actually how our mind operates and consequently how our body operates and consequently our health. To not forgive is to carry burdens in our lives which eventually change our life forever. Not to forgive is to be imprisoned by our past. Nick Innes quote here I think is wonderful. Not to forgive is to yield oneself to another's control. If one does not forgive, then one is controlled by the other's initiatives and locked into a sequence of act and response of outrage and revenge, tit for tat, escalating always. The present is endlessly overwhelmed and devoured by the past. Forgiveness concerns, uh, uh, conditions Christians to forgive others for we are forgiven forever for our freedom. We are forever accountable for our freedom. If he has forgiven me, the only step I can take is to forgive somebody else. Now I need to say to you, my personal opinion is that sometimes forgiveness takes time. Sometimes the pain is so hard Sometimes the pain is so so dreadful, I live in it for a while and I can't say, I forgive you. All I can say is, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Lord, forgive me. Lord, teach me of your love and when the time is right, Lord, help me to say, I forgive you. We want to live in the kingdom. We cannot live on the basis of unforgiveness. Our joy in this gift of grace keeps us from ever holding it to ourselves. I am graced by forgiveness. I'll not give it to you. Cannot be in the vocabulary. We are aware of the cost of our own forgiveness in Jesus. And in forgiving, we only extend God's forgiveness of us. Now, I'm conscious that this is a real issue for many, many people. And I wanted to ask you just for a moment, how am I doing with time? Holly? Okay. Um, I wanted to give you a moment or two to say to the Lord now, do some business with the Lord. Uh, I think most of us have got stuff we haven't forgiven. Would you please take a moment, spend time with the Lord and talk to him about forgiveness? Lord, we come to you, your people, every one of us, just exactly the same as each other. There's no hierarchies here. We need to talk to you about the truth of this real reality of the kingdom. Father, thank you that we stand forgiven. Thank you that we stand loved. Thank you that grace is our second name. 
Help us to do it too. Amen. Thank you, team.